Today's message is titled, Write Em Off, and it was recorded live at the First Baptist Church in Hagerman, New Mexico, October 24th, 2021. Hope you enjoy the message, and I hope it helps you on your walk with the Lord. challenges. You know, there's going to be times when there's a grievance between brothers and sisters. Jesus knew this, and he left us the instructions. So we're going to go ahead and read them. It's important to read the instructions before you follow them, right? Otherwise you end up all kinds of messed up. Anyway, the, the message for today is about that. The title of the message is Write Them Off. The scripture is going to be from Matthew 18, 15 through 20. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, I'll give you a minute. Otherwise, I'll read it. Matthew 18, 15 through 20. And in Matthew 18, verse 15, the Bible says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. But if he does not listen... Take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, 
If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Going to, uh, we're going to zero in on a part of this passage. We're going to zero in on verses 15, 16, and 17. The uh, grievance part of the passage is where I want to focus our attention today. We'll touch on 18 through 20 a little bit after that. But I want to focus on the, the grievance part of the passage because grievances are kind of my, my specialties. You guys know that I work over here at the prison and I handle the inmate misconduct. You know, they get reports or whatever they come to me and if I need to impose sanctions, that kind of thing, I'll do that. Well, that's only half my job. The other half of my job is to handle uh, inmate grievances. And inmates, they file grievances for various reasons. Maybe they, I don't know, they lost property. Sometimes they file a grievance about food portions, maybe religious diet, something like that. There's, there's a list of things that they can grievance. I'm not going to go into the list, but I am going to go into how we handle it. And we like to handle it at the lowest level possible. We have a thing there, it's called an informal complaint. And before we go on to the steps, they get this paper. And its purpose is they fill it out and we get them with the person that they have a grievance against against and we try to we try and resolve it right there. It doesn't always work and then you can move on to the different steps. But the the informal complaint and the following steps are designed at each step to handle this at the lowest level possible. You don't need to go all the way to the governor because somebody broke your remote control during a cell search. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not saying that somebody's remote control isn't important because remote controls are very important and I don't even know if TVs work anymore without a remote control. But we can handle it at a lower level than going to the governor about it. I mean, new remotes are just a couple of dollars and gray duct tape is even cheaper than that. There, there isn't much that people can't fix amongst themselves. There usually isn't much need in involving everybody else. And that being said, there's even less stuff that duct tape can't fix. Now we have grievances amongst each other too. Uh, we don't, and we don't always need to end up in a courtroom. We need to handle our, dis our disagreements at the lowest level possible. And that's what today's message is gonna be about, handling our grievances at the lowest level possible. So I wrote out the steps there on your handout and the first step in this process is you write them up. Now I'm not, I'm not talking about an actual write-up or a letter or a ticket or something like that. I just, I mean, it, it means you go talk to them. I just thought that would look clever with the other <laughs> stuff on the paper. Anyway, in uh, Matthew 18, 15, the Bible says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. If you have a disagreement with your brother or your sister, it's up to you to go to him or her and talk to them alone at first. This isn't the time to get everybody involved. That, that'll happen later if this doesn't work. You know, almost every disagreement can be handled at this first, at this first level. We're a forgiving people, and we have a very forgiving God. You know, He isn't holding any of our sins against us, so how can we hold sins against one another? Now, I would also like to put out, uh, to point out that it says here, if he listens to you, you have gained a brother. It does not say if he agrees with you and says, well, you know what, Josh, you're right. No, it just says 
if he listened to you. You might, that's right, you might find out early in this process that you're the one who's wrong. I mean, it's, it happens, it doesn't, it doesn't happen to me, but it happens to some people, what I hear. Anyway, you can find out that you might be the wrong. So going to them first not only protects them from maybe looking silly or looking like a jerk in front of a bunch of people, but it could end up protecting you from looking like one. You know, think about this. You, you go down in the kitchen and you see a, a pint of ice cream melting there, right? You don't, you don't call it. What, what monster left this pint of ice cream out? Everybody, everybody get in here to the kitchen right away. Look what Larry did. Let's shame Larry. Larry, Larry the melter. What do you, what do you have to say for yourself, Larry? Well, I, and I'm Larry now, by the way. I, I bought some ice cream that I knew you'd like, and there wasn't room for both, so I, I took mine out to let it waste away on the counter. But you're right, I'm sorry. I'm being a little silly there, but make sure that you are wronged before you go on to step one. And moving on to step one, first things first, pray for the person and the situation. And let's make sure the grievance is an actual grievance. There's a lot of petty stuff that we can get caught up on that doesn't really matter. You know, you use the, the NIV and I use the KGV or whatever. And it, it's more accurate and, and you're wrong. Well, does it say love God and love your neighbor? Does it say Jesus is the only way to salvation? If so, it's probably fine. I work with a guy and he just he gets furious about little stuff petty stuff that I don't care about, like uh, displaying IDs. Inmates at the prison have to display their ID on their person at all times. It has to be on there. And I've been there 14 years, and I just cannot bring myself to care about that. <laughs> I couldn't care less. I know pretty much who they are, and I know where they live. But this guy, he gets furious, and he's going into a rage, and he's, he's telling me about it, and he's trying to bring me on board, and now he's mad at me because I'm not mad at them. I, I had to explain to him. I said, that's petty. I don't, I don't care about it. I, I have my own petty things <laughs> that I'm worried about more so than yours. You know, there's people roaming around free right now with their shirts not tucked in, and you're worried about an ID. <laughs> Forget that and join me, brother, in the shirt war. But apparently that's that's petty to him. Anyway, the the devil he he thrives in petty. He loves the petty. We can't let this hurt our relationships. We can't let it hurt our relationships here. We can't let it hurt our relationships at home. This this where the devil operates. You know, Herb always tells us about churches being destroyed over. Uh, he likes to talk about the carpet color. He says there's half of them that want pink, and they just go into an all-out war with the other half who wants gray. And it's a terrible thing to fight over. People, yeah, people hate each other over just silly, petty things. People hate each other over politics. You know, that's been going on for a long time. Now people are, they're mad at each other over vaccines or masks or there's, people are just, they get mad about things that at the end of the day, it's not worth you being mad at your brother. You know, there's plenty of families who won't even speak to each other. 
and they're mad over a little a little piece of land, you know, something not even as big as an acre. You know, they're they're mad at each other about some words that were said in anger so long ago that they don't even remember the, the whole sentence. They just remember that they were they're wrong and they're mad and now they don't need to talk to that guy anymore. Anyway, if it's if it's petty and we can drop it before going to step one, then let's just drop it. If it's petty, we don't we don't need to worry about it. Also, let's make sure if we need to confront our brother or sister, that we do it out of love. This is about airing a grievance. This isn't about running around pointing out everybody's individual sins. Now, there is, of course, a, a time and a place to air our grievances. We just need to make sure that it's not for a selfish reason. So, if you need to tell Larry that he's a, I don't know, he's a drunk, or he's a, he's a womanizer, and it's having a negative effect on you, or it scares you for him, then you need to tell him, out of love and concern. Not out of some notion of you being better than Larry, you know, don't say, you know, Larry, he's, he's a drunk, and I'm not, so therefore I'm better than Larry. And, you know, I think I might just go tell him right quick. That's not what this is for. Because whatever sin you committed is just as bad as whatever Larry's doing. Everybody, everybody falls short. Everybody sins, and there's, there's no sins that the blood of Jesus won't cover. And everybody needs Jesus. You know, we can be as awesome and as righteous as we want. But at the end of the day, we haven't contributed anything to our salvation except for the need for it. The, uh, the second step there in your handout is y'all write him up. The Bible says, But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by evidence of two or three witnesses. So we did step one. Larry won't listen. Maybe Larry thinks you're a jerk. Maybe he thinks you're a prude. Maybe... Maybe Larry doesn't even think it's a sin. We, we talked about this a little bit. The world, they put all kinds of stuff out there to normalize sin. You know, I'll, that's fine. That's just who you are. Who, who really cares about that? You know, anyone who doesn't like it, they're in the wrong. They're a jerk. I, I won't go into all the examples, but uh, sexual immorality is an example. You know, abortion, killing babies, there's an example of sins that are they're just normalized in the world. There's there's others, there's a lot of them, I'm sure. Whatever it is, the world's found a way to say, yeah, that's fine. You know, don't even mention sin. In fact, outside of a, a church or maybe Christian entertainment or just a, a conversation with friends who are a believer, I mean, you hardly ever even hear the word sin. And the world's big on that. The world's big on getting rid of words. and. You know, they get rid of words or they change the meaning of words. And I'm, I'm sure sometimes there's a point and there's plenty of words that we don't need. But sin is an important word. People need to know what sin is and they need to know that it's not okay. You know, Larry, he, he needs to know that what he's doing isn't right. He can be forgiven just like us. We're all forgiven. But that doesn't, that doesn't make sin okay. We're not under law. We're under grace. But still, we... We shouldn't sin. You shouldn't use the grace as an excuse to go sin. You know, I'm sure that my mother, she isn't mad at me for, you know, picking my nose and wiping the, the contents under the table. I'm sure she's not mad at me about that anymore. She, she probably wouldn't be too excited if I went over there tomorrow and started doing the same thing. But she, she's not mad anymore. I'm forgiven. 
we're we're forgiven, but we still we shouldn't sin. But I won't I won't go into stories about me picking my nose. It was a it was a gross habit, and last Tuesday was last Tuesday. Today's today. Anyway, back to back to Larry. Larry's messing up. Now I'm picking on Larry because we always tend to to pick on somebody when we're talking. Usually we pick on those stiff-necked Israelites, or we pick on those judgmental Pharisees. I thought they could use a little break. You know, Larry needs to be be pulling his weight anyway, right? You know, once once Larry gets here, he's sure in for a great time. (laughs) Anyway, I I also use Larry because when my wife and I first got together, I drew this picture and I put it on, I drew a picture of a guy's face and I put it on the fridge and she said, what's that? I said, well, that's Larry. And anytime you feel the need to to criticize, <laughs> you just go and have a conversation with it about Larry. And that and that worked out real good. <laughs> y'all, y'all believe that, right? Anyway, I have a, even in my truck right now, I have a baseball card and a visor. I think right now it's a Moises Salou his old expo card, but it used to be Jose Cantu, and I kept it there in the visor. And then if anybody had something to say about my driving or the route we were taking or whatever, they could they could just refer to <laughs> Mr. Cantu. <laughs> I was go on with what I'm doing. Kind of a, a family tradition. My my grandpa, he always he blamed everything on this guy Calvin, no matter what happened. He said, oh, that's Calvin. He comes in here and he, he does this. And my my grandpa and my grandmother and my parents, they all they all worked in the bars. And I'll just tell you, Calvin was a, a bad guy. <laughs> he did just a lot of terrible stuff. Anyway, Bill Bill needs to pull his weight, right? So we're moving on to the steps. And first things first, pray for the person. What I Larry is doing. I don't know why I said there. Bill, I don't know why I typed that. Anyway, we need to pray for the person, pay for the situation. You know, Larry's doing something to you. Or he's doing something to himself that scares you. You you try to let him know, but he doesn't want to hear it from you. Like I said earlier, maybe Larry just thinks you're a prude, or he figures you don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes it's hard to see yourself as the one who's messing up. You know, it, it's hard for us. Why wouldn't it be hard for Larry? You know, it, Jesus knew that this might happen. That's why he gave us the next step. You know, two, two or three of you, go have a talk with him. Remember, this isn't the, the villager's going to get Larry party, so don't don't grab the torches and the pitchforks just yet. We're just going for a talk. This is just a this is a meeting out of love for Larry. Also make sure the witnesses are impartial. Don't just round up the guys who always agree with you or don't just round up those guys that, that owe you one. You know, just just like before, you might be the one who's who's wrong here. Our opinions aren't the end all authority. God's word is. This here, this is the rule book. You know, it's it's kind of like the NFL, right? There's there's a rule book, and you need impartial refs to officiate to settle the disagreements. Also, also, if if it turns out during the course of any of this that you are the one in the wrong, I guess I should have said that before. But if it turns out you're the one in the wrong, just do what's right and go fix it. You know, we're we're doing this out of love for Larry, and we know this, but Larry might feel attacked. So let's make sure that we tell them. Let's let them know that we love them and it's out of love. You know, make sure, hopefully hopefully this step's going to take care of Well, hopefully the first step took care of it, but if not, hopefully this one does. It's out of love, but we're not going to sugarcoat anything. 
We're not going to accept anything that the rule book says not to accept. If if something isn't okay, we're not going to bend. You know, we have we have the rule book. That's the authority. We're not going to be rude. We're not going to be snarky to Larry, but we need to be direct and we need to be honest with him. You know, he's our brother. We love him and we owe him that much. Again, if this fixes the problem, this step here, or the first step, then it's done. It's fixed. There's no need to bring it up every day, and there's no need to go bring it up to everybody else. You know, when, when the problem is fixed, it's fixed. If you put a new alternator in your car, and you check, and it's charging the battery, you don't drag it out and reinstall it. It's fixed. I mean, don't worry. Other stuff's going to break soon enough. Our stuff and Larry's stuff. But this issue here is done. And the third step there in the handout is write them off. If he refuses to listen, then tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So we did step two. Larry isn't listening. No getting through to Larry. He's just lost. What more can you do? First things first, you pray for the person in the situation, then you don't have any choice, right? You have to write him up, or write him off. Let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. What a what is a Gentile? The Gentile was a was a non-believer, right? Someone who someone who wasn't in the club, and a, a non-believer, a Greek, a pagan. What is a what's a tax collector? A tax collector is a an insider, someone who knows the rules, and they were doing wrong to his own people. Anyway, this is this is where a made-up Larry kind of falls into the story here. You know, we talked two times ago when I preached about the hatred of the tax collector and how nobody was more hated and ostracized than the tax collector. Then last week, we found out I was wrong, and we talked about someone who was more hated than the tax collector. We talked about Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. Oh. Scripture here says to treat him like a tax collector. The Israelites hated the tax collectors and didn't even allow them in their church. There was no hope for them. Jesus, on the other hand, treated tax collectors a little bit different. Jesus sought them out. Jesus ate with them. Jesus loved them. And Jesus saved them. So how does that mean we're supposed to treat them the Israelites' way or Jesus' way? I believe we're supposed to be treating them Jesus' way. It's, it's in red. Right. <laughs> that sentence right there is in red in the book. So I'm... I'm assuming that that's what Jesus wants us to do. It says treat him like a Gentile, a non-believer. How do we treat a non-believer? Well, how did Jesus treat him? How did Jesus deal with you when you were in that boat? You know, when we didn't believe, did Jesus just write us off? No. He came to find and to save the lost. So how do we treat him? I believe we need to treat them just like Jesus treated them. I believe we need to keep praying for them. I believe that we need to keep inviting them, and I believe that we need to keep on loving them. Not everybody is going to come around. Not everybody will be saved. Our job is to introduce them to Jesus, and reintroduce them to Jesus, and reintroduce them to Jesus. And Jesus is going to work out the details, I think. If there's a chance to get Larry to Jesus, or back to Jesus, I believe that we need to try. In Matthew 18, 18 through 20, the Bible says, Truly I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, 
It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I, there I am among them. Let's do everything we can to bind Larry, not lose him. We, you know, we, we don't know him yet, but we want to keep him around for good, right? You know, and there, there's going to be some Larrys that come through. There's going to be some, some Janes or who knows all the different names of folks that we're going to grow with. God, God knows. He has a plan and he's got it all figured out. But when we disagree or there's a grievance there, let's make sure that we handle it the right way. We have the book. We have instructions. We have countless examples. But all we got to do is follow them. You tell them. Then a couple of you tell them. Then we all tell them. And if none of that works, we treat them as a non-believer. And we tell them something else. We tell them the good news about Jesus Christ. We're getting out of here alive. We go tell them that. Now, not, not everybody is going to agree with some of that last stuff that I was saying. And there's definitely some scripture about writing people off. And there's definitely some scripture about excommunication. There's, there's one that comes to mind from uh, 1 Corinthians 5 where someone's sin was bad and they wouldn't even acknowledge it was sin. And Paul, he sent them packing. In 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5, the Bible says, It is actually reported that there is sexual sin among you. I am told that a man is sleeping with his father's wife. Even people who don't know God don't let that kind of sin continue. And you're proud. Shouldn't you be sad instead? Shouldn't you have thrown out of your church the man doing this? Even though I'm not right there with you, I'm with you in spirit. And because I'm with you in spirit, I've already judged the man doing this. I have judged him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you come together, I'll be with you in spirit. The power of our Lord Jesus will also be with you. When you come together like this, hand this man over Satan, then the power of sin in his life will be destroyed. His spirit will be saved on the day the Lord returns. They cut him off. They sent him packing. They sent this guy to the devil in hopes that that might fix the problem. I believe that that was a very specific circumstance for a very specific group of people. And if we ever get to that point, I believe that Jesus will take care of that. Not us. Now, I might be just dead wrong. I've been dead wrong a bunch of times. I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I don't know everything. I'm learning... I'm learning this Bible every day, too. And I would never intentionally steer anybody wrong. But if I'm wrong on this, then you've got the steps. First things first, pray for the person and the situation. Then come tell me that I'm wrong and tell me why. If I don't listen, a couple of you, come tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me why. If I don't listen, then take it to the church and everybody can tell me that I'm wrong. And they can tell me why. If I don't listen to them, write me off. Treat me like a Gentile or a tax collector. I just hope that you, you do it and treat me exactly how Jesus treated the Gentiles and the tax collector. And if not, send me back and pray that Jesus will fix the problem later. Boy, we're coming up on the end here. And I'm pretty sure that everybody in here has been saved, but I certainly I don't know that. You know, maybe you're maybe you're Larry in the story, maybe you're lost, unbeliever. I don't know. I do know that Jesus loves us, and as long as we're saved, we get to spend all eternity with him. And if you aren't saved, it's no problem. It's real easy to fix. All you got to do is accept him. But don't wait too long. If the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart to, to come up here and come home, you need to do it. If he's calling you and you don't answer, there's no guarantee he's going to call again. I say it every time I'm up here because it's true. 
Every time I'm up here, this might be the last message that I ever preach, and this might be the last message that you ever hear. So if you need to come home, then come home. In Romans 6.23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in Romans 10.9, the Bible says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're already there, that's great. Just keep on doing what you're doing. And go out there and find us some, some Larrys and some Janes or Tommies or whoever's out there. Bring them up. Otherwise, we're going to have an invitation here. And if the Spirit's moving you to come up, then please come up. Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you need to get baptized. Maybe you need to join the church. Maybe you need help pointing somebody to Jesus. Maybe you need help pointing somebody back to Jesus. Or maybe you have another need for prayer. Maybe you have a loved one like Larry and you need help talking to him or you need some help loving him through a difficult time. Whatever your need may be, there's nothing bigger than Jesus. And if the Spirit's calling you to come up here, then by all means, come up here. Let's pray. Lord, again, we come to you in thanks. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Help us, Father, do the work that you put us here to do. Help us follow your example. Be the people that you want us to be. Help us seek after Jesus and get back on track when we backslide or fall short. And help us treat our brothers and sisters right when we disagree. Father, also, if there's someone here who doesn't know you, needs to come home. If there's someone who needs to be saved, if there's someone who needs to reaffirm or be baptized or join the church or has some other need for prayer, Father, please call them up during this invitation. If there's someone struggling or someone with any need at all, Father, you know, you know the needs more than any of us. And if that person or these people are here, then please call them up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand off to the side here. If you have a need, please come.
those that are ill, those that are that are home, and those that want to pray for Danny Candice with those little girls. And Lord, I want to lift up special Reuben and Carl, especially Reuben as he is there in the hospital, and Lord, that uh, you would touch him in a special way. Lift up uh, <coughs> Michael's uh, brother-in-law and his sister. Lord, that they need your wisdom, your touch, your your comfort in their lives for in this situation. Lord, there are others, and pray for Lolly and Raul and, and others, Lord, that, that, that need your help. Lord, we ask that you be with us this week, or this, this evening. And here's Brother Herb, who comes back to work with us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.